Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, brought to you as an educational program under the nonprofit MANA Scholarship Fund. Our program is designed to help you better understand issues related to your physical and mental diet, what you consume that is impacting your head, your heart, and your soul. We are thankful to our business partnership with Paradigm Security and Mr. Rick Strawn for providing this opportunity to come to you today. We hope to enrich your lives as he has enriched ours. Our guest today is Miss Tori Payton. Hello, Tori. Hello, hello. Please introduce yourselves to our audience. My name is Tori. I am the primary registered dietitian at MANA. And I've been with MANA for about six months now. Very exciting. And made a huge impact on uh, the team as well as the clients, I might add. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, Tori is just a little light. Um, And so what we are going to be talking about today is coping with the upcoming holidays. Um, This is December the... 8th what day what is today the 8th eighth? Eighth? Mm-hmm. it is the 8th okay good time is flying yeah it is and so the holidays are just around the corner actually some holidays have already started I mm-hmm. think Hanukkah is I don't know if it's over yet but it's been going on mm-hmm. and so a lot of the times that means that we are around food and family mm-hmm. you know one of the things I like to say about family well fish and family <laughs> They usually go bad after about three days. <laughs> but I'm Mike would have I know, cue. done cue mine. It up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we, a lot of the times when people have eating disorders, disorder eating, um, family issues that they've never discussed, mm-hmm. um, the holidays can be actually the reverse of what we see on TV. We see on TV that it's wonderful and it's everyone's coming back together and it doesn't account for the fact that um, sometimes people have issues. Yeah, people struggle. So um, what we would like to do today is talk about how a person who is dealing with those issues with food and with family can actually maybe cope and survive or even thrive through the holidays. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Miss Tori, um, tell us what what might be something that uh, food related mm-hmm. that uh, a person might struggle with predominantly. From an eating disorder, disordered eating perspective, um, I would say restricting the idea that to be able to enjoy a Thanksgiving meal, a Christmas meal, whatever other holiday meal you're going to enjoy with family you must restrict for the rest of the day and potentially the day after. And that that idea is very rooted in diet culture and disordered eating patterns. So I think one specific thing you can do is not skip other meals in the beginning of the day. Right. Um, And then not even look at Christmas Eve dinner or Christmas dinner as a a gorge time. Right. Like you're supposed to just fill up and fuel like just eat until you can't stand anymore right and restricting in the beginning of the day sets you up to view that dinner or that specific day or time as a meal to overindulge to right yeah Yeah. I think many people don't understand that actually bulimia is not just eating a lot and then making yourself throw up Mm -hmm. Um, it can also it is a compensatory way for people to manage food 
So like you were saying, restricting before and after a certain meal is exactly a bulimic behavior Mm -hmm. because you're trying to not eat calories and then have them all concentrated and then not eat calories in order to compensate. Exactly. That's super unhealthy. And same with exercising. Right. Purging through exercise and feeling the need to burn off everything you've eaten or to compensate for the food that you're eating. Yep. So we you, we, you started out by talking about restriction. Mm-hmm. Now, restriction is typically associated with? Anorexia. Right. Mm-hmm. And now we've just talked about how it's associated with bulimia. Mm-hmm. So just for the audience, anorexia is a person who is trying to lose weight or gain control as the emotional underpinning Mm -hmm. through not eating and through trying to lose weight by restricting their food. Right. You want to explain bulimia? Yes. So like you were saying, bulimia is the idea of food that is coming in has to be gotten rid of, whether that looks like purging, purging through exercise, it's whatever you're going to take in, you also have to get rid of. You have to balance it out. It's also, I would say, a control-based thing, trying to control that or to compensate for whatever you are eating or going to eat. And it's the need to, rather than restrict, you may still eat a normal amount or intake a normal amount or feel like you are intaking too much, and then you need to do something to balance that out or to cancel it out. And then the other main eating disorder is called binge eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And a lot of binge people that binge eat during the holidays will actually stack on, they might have, they might be overweight or slightly overweight based on, you know, what's normal and comfortable for their body. And they might see that this is sort of a free for all. Like I am going to eat because that's what I'm expected to do. Mm -hmm. And manage their discomfort around themselves or their body or relationships that they with you know family members old neighbors different Mm -hmm. things like that and so they manage their feelings through the food and taking that in right and I think especially how you said earlier holidays you are around your family you are around people maybe you don't see other times in the year um, which can be triggering it can cause those types of emotional issues to come up. So yes, I think that can definitely be a time where you're reaching for whatever coping skill you can. And for a lot of people, that is food. Right. Well, it's an easy one. Mm -hmm. And our culture has a lot of, a lot of things to say, a lot of judgments I would say to make. Yes. Wouldn't you? I sure would. So what are some common things that you hear about um, from some of our clients Mm -hmm. at MANA and what, what do they need? I would say some very common practices or diet culture has put out that you should do this. This is normal. Um, they've really normalized the idea of restriction, like we kind of already talked about. The needing to detox afterwards, um, whether that is a juice cleanse or exercising or... Not eating. Right. And then also, I've realized like how much is going on in terms of like substitution mashed potatoes no we can't do mashed potatoes it needs to be mashed cauliflower Uh. that's what people are starting to do and i think that can be a very toxic mindset as well how is that toxic i would say it still falls in line with that 
restriction kind of mindset, that control. So rather than trusting yourself to be able to enjoy food, enjoy mashed potatoes as they are, we demonize potatoes because diet culture, society, whatever else has told us potatoes are bad, carbs are bad. So therefore, we're going to substitute it with a vegetable. So in Which our mind- Which is a different carb. Exactly. <laughs> and it's a different taste and a different- Texture. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't taste like creamy mashed potatoes. Right. It and doesn't then, go well with gravy. Exactly. And <laughs> in your head, you're still restricting because you're telling yourself, I cannot have this. I can only have this. And that mindset, I feel like, is what can be very toxic. Ah, so let me let me say that in a different way. Okay. So that that toxic toxic mindset that that this is better than this mm-hmm. is it's a black and white issue. Yeah. It's either or. Either I'm going to be good and healthy. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Like being healthy is now a moral quality. Right. Or I'm going to eat bad and be sinful mm-hmm. and hurt my body. Right. Now, when God created potatoes <laughs> and put them in the earth. Hallelujah, too. Mm. <laughs> like, God did that. <laughs> like, this is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so potatoes are good. Right. And so people don't understand that, you know, eating, I think, everything, anything and everything in moderation. Right. And there's nothing wrong with cauliflower. There's nothing wrong with potatoes. Both can have an equal place and have a place in a nourishing, balanced diet. Right, right. So are there any other issues that you can think of that people struggle with related to the holidays, like maybe with sugar? Yes, um, I think, you know, we have desserts. They're more normalized during the holidays. And I think, again, that mindset of sugar is bad at all times except during the holidays. So we either restrict, try and compensate with sugar-free or things like that, or we, we don't know how to control ourselves around sugar because we have never incorporated that into a normal diet. And I think it's important, those foods that are deemed as bad, you work them into a normal diet and then your brain does not panic when it sees a pie or cookies that are regular sugar cookies or regular pie with regular ingredients. Right. I think one of the things that often happens when someone is in for an eating disorder treatment is that sometimes we have these, like sugar becomes so toxic or quote bad that it becomes a trigger food. It becomes a a food that, you know, we have to, it's a risk food or Mm -hmm. it's, so we actually try to not, or a challenge food. Now there are going to be challenges and we do begin to incorporate all foods, Mm -hmm. all foods fit. This Mm -hmm. is our philosophy, all foods fit. And because it's sort of like, think about that thing that you want the most, like you know, maybe you want that new pair of shoes or maybe you want that new truck or that new gun or whatever it is that you want. And if there's something associated with it that makes it unavailable, like, oh, well, that's bad. I can't mm-hmm. get those shoes or I'm bad if I indulge in myself or, you know, like some whatever your belief system is around mm-hmm. that object that you want. It doesn't make you want it any less. Right. <laughs> right. It makes you want it more. Mm hmm. And so this sets up the tug of war inside of most people who 
um, are trying to manage their weight or manage their diet. I mean, even people who aren't eating disordered, right? Mm-hmm. We've, we had a little brief conversation yesterday about disordered eating. Mm-hmm. Disordered eating is the mindset and potentially a part of the behavior, but it doesn't fully fit the criteria of an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. So maybe somebody that binges once a month, binges once every other week, they but the, and they are trying to fill a, an emotional void. They are not wouldn't qualify for a binge eating disorder, mm-hmm. but they would qualify as other specified feeding and eating disorder or also the disordered eating. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's kind of how the lingo is for us in uh, the eating disorder community. Yeah. So what about family? Family, yes. We um, have a family program. We do have a family program at MANA now, which has been shown to be extremely helpful in not only home life with the you know parents or other family members, but also for the clients. It's been very beneficial for clients. So I think that's very cool that we've been able to incorporate that. I think it's it's difficult and maybe you can speak to this too, about how to deal with comments oh. by family members that maybe are not aware of eating disorder world, disordered eating patterns, diet culture, things like that, that yes. are just kind of yes. making comments. Yes, in fact, I will just share, I won't share who, but when I was 14 and I was coming out of gymnastics and my parents were divorced and I had moved and I mean there was just all these different changes right mm-hmm. and I quit gymnastics six weeks six months ahead mm-hmm. so by Thanksgiving I go to my family Thanksgiving I'm super excited to see my family and one of my family members looks at me and says Jeannie's getting fat and I was 14 years old my uh. body's changing I was devastated and mm-hmm. mortified of course now that didn't cause my eating disorder, but it did trigger it. Yeah. There were multiple factors that were going on in my life. And that one statement that basically in my head said, you are not okay, you are not lovable, something is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. That did offset, I was like, fine, I'll, I'll, I guess I need to lose weight. And so I began my pattern of mm-hmm. restriction plus purging plus exercise. Right. I lost an intense amount of weight very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that basically just set things into motion. Yeah. So what do you tell clients when, when so, like, so if, if somebody in their family says something offsetting, you know, upsetting and, and off-putting like that, what would you say to your client? I would ask them to look at their coping skills that they have developed that are helpful for them. One specific kind of more food-related coping skill that we learn is, or that we work on, is identifying what the food is doing for your body Mm. and being able to kind of reframe that thought and fact-check that idea of, yes, this food has sugar, but how does your body use sugar? It breaks it down to glucose and then is the main source of fuel for your brain. I think it makes your tummy smile. I would agree with that. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And so being able to identify the different parts of foods and how your body breaks them down and uses them, I find is sometimes helpful in kind of negating some of that comments. You're you're basically taking an emotion and a judgment and you're 
de you're, you're you're taking that emotion and that judgment out of a piece of pecan pie. Yes. And you're looking at it as a piece of pecan pie. Exactly. The same way we take out the good and bad foods. Foods are not good. Foods are not bad. They're foods that are nourishing, that have certain nutrients. There are foods that have other nutrients, and they're both okay. So we take that good and bad, the more emotional tie to them away, and just break them down and look at what is the food and what is it doing in our bodies. Okay. So let me ask you this. So <laughs> if you are, you know, working on your you're, you're coming out of your eating disorder mm-hmm. stuff and your body has changed. Maybe you're a little less light. Maybe you're a little more like maybe, you know, you're, you're, you're trending more towards where you should be mm-hmm. like in terms of what your body needs. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we do not ascribe to the BMI. Uh, we don't even ascribe towards, you know, if you're five foot five, that you should weigh 125. Right. There is, if I weighed 125, I would look like Skeletor. Like, yes. I would look very sick. I'm yes. five foot five. I, I do not weigh 125 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> um, and so, what would you say that kind of like, how would you help arm a client if Aunt Hattie says, Are you really going to eat that piece of pecan pie? You've gained some weight. Mm hmm. I always encourage clients to, and I know this is hard for a lot of people, not even just clients, to advocate for themselves. Clients that have been in treatment or people even that are not in treatment that are having comments made about their body or their weight or what they're eating, how much they're eating, I would encourage them to advocate for yourself. Explain that I'm eating this because it sounds good and I believe that it's a piece of pecan pie and that that is okay. And just kind of... And oh, by the way, it's none of your business. (laughs) That too. (laughs) (laughs) And I I did clean that up for everyone. (laughs) Because you're supposed to be polite to your your aunts. Right. The PG version. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, fantastic. So I think that clients and just people learning, even if you're not in therapy, you don't have to be in therapy to learn how to have boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? And so let me just say for just a second, a boundary is one of the most protective forces that we have, right? Mm -hmm. So if you go into a house, you likely are gonna shut and lock the door. Um, You're not going to leave all your windows and doors open because, you know, who wants to heat the whole world at this point, right? Mm -hmm. It's typically cold outside here in America. And so a a, a wall, a door, a window, those are all boundaries. Those mm-hmm. are physical boundaries. Just like you don't want someone that you don't know to sit too close to you. Um, that's another physical boundary. Mm-hmm. You don't want someone whom you don't know very well to ask you too personal of a question because mm-hmm. that's just, that's very intrusive. And so if when someone is saying something, making a comment, making a judgment, if you find yourself getting flustered, getting angry, getting scared, getting mm-hmm. sad, and that feels too big, mm-hmm. then they th- please use that as your indication that they have overstepped their boundaries with you. Mm-hmm. Physically, emotionally, relationally, all of that. And so if you just need to say, excuse me, and leave that can be your way to deal with that. If you are too overwhelmed to even say, this is a piece of pie and I want to eat it. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to say anything. You don't owe that person anything and you can literally just leave. Absolutely. 
if you feel like you're trapped, you can say, I don't know how to answer that. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know what to say to that. Mm-hmm. Like, let it let it fall back on that person. Say, you know, that makes me that makes me really uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I don't want to even talk right now. Yeah. Letting them know how they're you're experiencing their comment will literally put it back on them and chances are good they will leave. Right. <laughs> so there are I mean, one of the best boundary words is no. Mm-hmm. You know what, Aunt Hattie? No. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna answer that question. Or please keep your opinions to yourself. You can still be kind and have a boundary with someone to let them know that what they did or what they said was not okay. Right. I think having good boundaries is loving. You are loving that person better by having boundaries than to just let them right. do that. Well, and I always say that a boundary protects both sides. Mm-hmm. It protects the relationship. It protects me and it protects you. Right. And so... I'm trying to think of what other what other common issues do our clients deal with around the holidays. Maybe oh, I've got one. Seeing a family member like we mm-hmm. were just talking about that has in the past overstepped their boundaries in one way or another. Mhm. So the way that you can deal with that is like if, you know, Uncle Bob is going to be at the family dinner, um you can either choose to not be there you can tell one one member in your family this person makes me uncomfortable and I am working on my boundaries but I don't feel I I don't know what I'm gonna have you know what I'm gonna be able to say so having someone be sort of your co-conspirator or co-advocate and if it's somebody that maybe speaks up because they're not on the hot seat Mm -hmm. with Uncle Bob then maybe you you can just let that person know and if they need to help you get out of the situation or they can speak up for you like you can have there's nothing that says that you know for that three hours or for that six days or whatever however long it is that you have to be that uncomfortable you can actually create an ally with someone in your family that you trust or bring a friend and connect with that person when you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I think in eating disorders, having a safe person in the holiday season that's going to be more triggering potentially or any situation where you feel like that could be an issue, having that person that you know that you can send a quick text to or give them a look or something and they can be like, hey, why don't we go into the other room for a little bit, kind of interrupt the situation and help. Right, right. Yes, exactly. All right, is there anything else that you think would be important to help the person who is uncomfortable or struggling with an eating disorder or struggling with recovery from even like a food addiction or you know anything like that? I would say one more thing towards like diet culture is before we even get really into the holidays, if you are having things pop up on social media, I know that is rampant right now, unfollow it. Do a social media cleanse. That's a good kind of cleanse. Oh, no juice yes. cleanses, but social media cleanse I am a fan of. Now, um, having juice is okay, too. Oh, yeah. Nothing wrong with juice, <laughs> unless that's all you're having. Unless that's all you're having. <laughs> right. But, yeah, go through social media. Get rid of some of the accounts that maybe are not Same helpful. Same thing with Facebook. If yeah. you're following people or they're following you and they're toxic, delete. Yep. Block. I feel like that. sometimes that's just nice for your brain to 
not sit there and scroll and see that. Or put the phone down. Even better. Like go take a walk. Yeah. Go get into nature. Go make a snowman. <laughs> go make a snow angel. Do something else. Right. Take the kids and go play. Mm-hmm. Atlanta, Georgia, we might be, you know, tanning at Christmas. Who knows? Well, I won't be here, so I'll be in Memphis. <laughs> then you will probably be building snowmen. <laughs> might be, yes. All right. Well, um, so I want you guys to know that next time uh, I'm going to have Tori again, and we are actually going to be speaking on behalf of the family members who might have somebody in their family that is struggling with an eating disorder or other emotional issues Mm -hmm. and so we will be speaking with you on behalf of you so to help you cope with that kind of situation yes Um, and so in the meantime thank you so much for following along and joining us today on food faith and feelings with miss tori payton Uh, Again, we are presented by Paradigm Security and the MANA Fund. And if you have any needs uh, psychologically that um, you want to help get addressed, you can contact us at MANA Treatment or MANA Fund. It's the same business um, at 770-495-9775. You can also go on manafund.org or manatreatment.com and that's M-A-N-N-A fund or M-A-N-N-A treatment.com and make a donation, see what we're up to. Uh, We've actually just had some really amazing news. I'll just share. Um, We are looking for, we're going to create a mana house and the mana house is going to be a safe place for people who are in treatment from their eating disorder or in treatment from trauma and um, it is a safe place where people can stay and live and we are working out all the details but we literally just we've saved up a hundred thousand dollars and guess what on monday we just received another hundred thousand dollar donation and we just want to thank uh dawn and tim beasley for that so exciting yeah amazing uh brought everyone to tears So don't forget that you can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Food, Faith, and Feelings. This program is also available on Apple, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Until next time, I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, and you've been listening to Food, Faith, and Feelings on Business Radio X.